True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we're so excited that you joined us. Yay, we're back. We're back in town, back in our routines, back from CrimeCon and all that stuff. What have you been doing, Renee? Oh, um, you know me. I like to go from one trip to another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on the road again. That's cool. Yeah. I know, and I didn't even I didn't even hold back, man. I went for, for a five-hour trip, man. I thought I was going to, you know, try to really do it up. <laughs> yeah, really. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe you went right into another road trip. And you're in, you've been in Galveston on this trip, which is, which pertains to our uh, episode today, which is pretty cool. Um, I thought before we got started on the case that we're going to cover, I thought I would read a really nice review that we got. Um, I forgot to do this last time, but here we go. It is, it's from a listener called Medium Techs, which is kind of funny. I guess that's like big techs from the state fair, but this person must not think they're big. So it's Medium <laughs> Techs. Um, the title says a deep dive on a creepy case. And they gave us five stars. Awesome. These yeah, thank goodness. It says um, these broads are doing important work in bringing attention to one of the strangest and scariest unsolved murders in the true crime world. Keep up the good work, ladies. Hopefully your efforts will help lead to an arrest and a conviction. Medium text, we sure hope it does. And um, yeah, we're out there. That's a statement for sure. Yeah, we're out there every day trying. So yes, that was a nice review. And um, it was Renee's idea to do this episode, and it's a really interesting case. It's unsolved, and it's called the Donna Brown case out of Galveston, Texas. Renee, did you want to give us the background? Yeah, uh, you know, the reason that I, I was so interested in this case, and I'm sure you too, is because it, it's it's got a lot of similarities to the Missy Beavers case, of course. So... Um, I checked into it. So it, apparently um, Donna Brown was a volunteer for the an AA group that met. Um, I don't know how often they met, but she was in charge of doing the Sunday meetup group. And it was an all ladies group. So, when, so you say, when you say AA, do you mean Alcoholics Anonymous? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for clarifying that, just in case other people wouldn't, you know, sure. But anyway, she did the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous group on Sundays, and it was a 4 p.m. class, or 4 p.m. meeting, not class. Um, so she would uh, go and set it up, and she would arrive early so that she could get things going, turn the lights on, turn on the coffee, because, you know, that's a, a, a normal staple at a AA meeting is coffee. And so she would go get everything turned on. Well, this particular day, she went to set up. Um, and from what I'm understanding, from what I've read, there's not a lot of information about this case. So I tried to get some, you, you looked up some, uh, she entered the building at 344. They have her on surveillance driving by in her car. She enters at 344. A tall man leaves at 350. And then three minutes later, other people start to arrive. Now, when they first find her, they think she's fallen. Uh, so they call and they're like, you know, this is Donna Brown. We know who she is. So we come in. She's unconscious on the floor. So they call, you know, police. Um, it's not until later that when she gets to the hospital and they find her, you know, covered in blood um, and they take off her shirt and they see they see stab marks in her shirt. So I guess they couldn't. I don't know if it was on her back or where, but 
Uh, they didn't even know she had been stabbed. They thought she had just fallen and hit her head or something, and they didn't want to, you know, move her. And so, um, yeah, so she had been stabbed and um, many times. And so there's they, they have no idea why, because nothing was stolen. There was no money at the meeting. Um, her purse was sitting where she had placed it once she entered the building untouched. Um, they 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 had no idea why this why she was stabbed. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, it's really weird because, like in the Missy Beavers case, the motive just isn't clear at all. It might just be like we've been suspecting in Missy's case, just someone who's crazy, you know, um, right. someone who's not all there, obviously. Um, but, you know, sometimes the person can be crazy, but they think they have a motive. And sometimes the person's just crazy and they wanted to kill someone. Um, and I think in Donna's case, it's really interesting how she walked in to set up, like you said, to get the coffee and refreshments going. And this person that they caught on surveillance camera came in and you know, I, I wasn't sure if they'd been able to identify him, but apparently they have uh, mm -hmm. fairly recently and they just can't find enough evidence to pin it on him, which is really a shame. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. There was a detective in charge of this case, Michelle Sullenberger was reading where she said, I also saw a video of her speaking. She was saying that it is considered a cold case but they're ready to solve it at any minute so basically they're ready to pick it up at any moment she's and she said something that sounded just like mpd she said we're waiting for that one one piece of evidence. <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yes. and she said we feel like we're so close so they feel like it can be solved at any time but it's going to take the right person coming forward it's just straight out of the mpd playbook there um yeah and you know something that um that i well th and this is what i understand and i'm not i can't say for 100 percent sure because like i said there's so little information on the case i did talk to michelle and she she talked to me a little bit and gave me a little bit of insight but not a lot obviously because they can't share anything i even tried to get some information and it wasn't available but um she said that i forgot i lost my train of thought i'm sorry um, oh, okay. the person that they think did this is actually currently in jail yeah. on an unrelated crime, and they can't, uh -huh. they're hoping that they can get something before, but I mean, they don't have any, any reason to believe that they're going to get anything unless somebody calls in a tip. You know? I didn't, I didn't realize until you said it just now that you actually spoke to Detective Sullenberger. I knew you talked to someone there, but I didn't realize yeah. it was her. Interesting. Yeah. yeah she's been heading up the case. So you've got the right person, that's for sure. Yeah, I try. I, you know, I told her that what we were trying to do and we wanted to talk about it. And she was very happy. She said, Oh, that's wonderful. Cool. I said, uh, we just try to talk about case, you know, other cases sometimes because the one that we're talking about is we've we've talked about it so much we don't know what else to say but um she was super nice she said just at because i told her when we get done we'd like to tell people who to call and she said tell them to call me and give them my number i said okay you got that's, it that's fantastic <laughs> when we sure will and you know what what's a little bit different about donna's case than missy's is donna didn't die at the scene she was found by a female who walked in and found her and, and she called police and said, hey, there is a woman lying here in a pool of blood. It looks like she fell. They didn't realize she had been stabbed until they ripped her shirt off in the ambulance and saw that she had multiple stab wounds. So at first they just thought it was an older lady who fell. And so um, she was stabbed on August the 5th of 2018. 
but she actually died in the hospital on August 9th, 2018. So that's a little bit different. You know, she was attacked there at the building where they had the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at 33rd Street and Avenue P, those of you who are local to Galveston. And, um, and Donna was a um, Alcoholics Anonymous attendee herself. And she had gotten a lot out of the program. And that's what made her want to volunteer here at this particular location. She had been sober for 30 years. And it, the program really meant a lot to her. That was a passion of hers. And it's just really unbelievable that she could get stabbed to death there. And, you know, some people that attended the meetings, I was uh, reading interviews and one lady said, you know, I just always knew I was safe in that building. And think about it. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. That's broad daylight. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing that, <clears throat> You know, you're, you never think for one minute that you're going to go to an AA meeting and you have the potential of being stabbed. I mean, I guess you have the potential of being injured and stabbed, whatever, killed anywhere, but you just don't think about that. Just like the church. It's just, it's so similar in that fact, but you know, she also volunteered at a food pantry and she mentored young people. I mean, here we have this lady, 79 years old, still trying to give back to her community, her friends, her neighbors, her, you know, whatever, and goes into a AA meeting to set up and get stabbed. Uh, it just blows my mind. Now, here's one thing that they think. They said that she did typically run off men because it was a women's AA meeting. Um, and they think, and one of the, I think one of the ladies that would go to the meeting, she said that she thinks that this particular person probably came in at one point and she ran him off. So he showed up before, I think he was actually there when she entered because she entered at 344 and the man is seen leaving at 350. They have him on surveillance walking towards it, but it was before she got there. So he was kind of like Missy's in that case that they were there waiting on her when she got in. She walked in the door, set her stuff down. They attacked her. They left. So just it just blows your mind, man, that these people, you know, tr just trying to do good in the world and get stabbed because somebody's upset with them. And uh, can you imagine? Oh, well, you ran me out of there and I'm mad at you. I'm going to kill you. I mean, right. yeah, people are some people are just sick and you just don't expect that, you know, um, and, and, you know, several people had said what you just said that knew her said that she could be she could be kind of scrappy and spunky, even though she was super compassionate, cared about other people volunteered all the time but she also had a side to her that when she would get on to you you knew you were being getting on to and you know they were just saying it's possible that she was running off somebody who like you had said the other day when we were talking about the case some people linger to try to get free coffee and free refreshments and other people yeah. come that are males and it's an all-female group and she it was really important to donna that it was an all-female group and they felt everyone felt comfortable talking and um so yeah. So one of those two things it could have been, and she, not that that in any way excuses the murder, of course, but that might have been something that set off someone who's already not right in the head and hypersensitive to, you know, being chased off. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm hoping, hoping that they're on the right track with this guy and hopefully they'll find some way to, you know, I don't know what they'll find though. Um, after all these years, you know, it's hard to know. It's been what, almost three years. I don't know, what, you know they'll, what they'll find to connect them to it, but I hope they do. One of the things I think I read somewhere about this case, um, and it's amazing that we found this much information because there's just so little, 
But I believe, okay, so the person that's seen, they, they found, seen him on surveillance from the apartments across the street. And I actually went there and took, um, did a, just a little, I did a video uh, just to kind of show everybody the door that she entered to and the location and, you know, the quadrants, the corner of 33rd and P. But um, anyway, after I did it, I listened to it and it was super windy and you couldn't hear anything. So I redid it. And the next day, they literally painted the place and painted over the AA sign and everything. Literally, I was like, wow. So I think they're changing it into something else. Um, but anyway, um, while I was there, um, and I took the, I took the surveillance, good night, when I took the video of the location where they seen the perpetrator walking across the street from the apartments, I guess there's a surveillance camera right there. They seen him walking up. Well, they went and checked uh some of the homes that are nearby and they caught the person on surveillance from someone's house walking by. So they got a little bit of a better picture. Well, I guess somehow they went through, because I remember them talking about uh, one of the uh, news um, reports that they had had a little bit of a, tr had a trouble getting the names of these people because of the, you know, being anonymous, you can't say, Oh, that's so-and-so, you know, cause you can't say their names. So they had to go through a lot of steps to find out who this person was. And I, I don't know if they've attended or they just show, showed up and somebody, you know, knew them. But anyway, they finally found this guy and they were able to, they took, they went to look at his shoes to see if they could find any blood on them. And they just weren't able to find anything. And getting DNA from the building is near impossible because there's so many people that attend. Yes, that was another thing that reminded me of Missy was that they were saying it's a public building. So the DNA that they've collected is just, it's all kinds of people on it. So exactly. it's not, not necessarily the perpetrator's DNA. So that's interesting too. It reminded me, like you said, of Creekside Church. I'm sure that was, even though they haven't discussed that aspect of it, I'm sure that was an issue with the DNA. Yeah, yeah I just hate this. And she was, she was never married. Um, you had told me that she had moved there from Florida. She's never married, didn't have any children, but she had a niece. And I think the niece lived in Ohio and she came down and, you know, talked about her. She was just a wonderful person. She just worked hard to be part of the community and do good. And then here somebody comes along and just kills her for no reason. It's just yeah. unbelievable. I was impressed with Donna's great niece. Her name is Elizabeth Rogers and she flies down every now and then and of course during the COVID crisis she wasn't able to but she has flown down to Galveston several years to check on the investigation and to participate as best she can um so that's that's good so yeah uh, Donna Brown was a Pan Am stewardess in the 1960s she led an interesting life she had made some good money in the stock market and then lost it all and that was why she chose the community of Galveston I guess she wanted to be near the beach but with a lower cost of living than where she was in West Palm Beach, Florida. So that's, she had moved to Galveston from what I read six years before her murder. So just a really unfortunate case, definitely not fair, just like Missy's case in so many ways. And we really hope that um, there's justice for Donna Brown before too much longer. I really hope that they get this person. Yeah, I know it's unfortunate, you know, but it, but they say they just need that one missing piece of information um and the, and the guy that was able to provide i guess it got them where they were 
um, he was able to, I guess he had went in the building before the class had even started, or the, I keep saying class, I'm sorry, before the meeting had started. Mm-hmm. And um, he went in there and he had laid his backpack down. And so he was the one that kind of got him started with all this. But uh, I, I, just one piece of information, man, it just, it just, it's just unfortunate that that's all they need. So I'm hoping that somebody will, you know, and you hear all these stories all these time, all, all the time about how there's just that one bit of missing information that we need. And finally somebody will come forward and they'll say, well, I was just really nervous about calling or I was really nervous about, you know, telling. And I just hope people realize you can remain anonymous. Yeah. You know, call in what you know, because this, this person needs to be off the street. I mean, they, they killed her for no reason. I mean, not that there's a good reason to kill people. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, we saw that, we saw that Reddit thread on our episode with Christine Menina. And what the original poster was saying was Christine Menina made a really good point on, if you haven't listened to our episode where we interview homicide detective Christine Menina, please check it out. She has the highest solve rate in the United States when she was with Indianapolis PD. And she said that a lot of times she would be interviewing people over the course of a few days. And like on the third day, they would give her good information and she'd say, whoa, why didn't you tell us that before? And they would say, well, you didn't ask. So sometimes sometimes people are waiting for you to come to them. And that's why also Cheryl McCollum spoke on our episode with her, where she said, you know, a Delphi case, Missy Beaver's case, sometimes you just got to go door to door that that single mother of four kids may not, you know, have the bandwidth to be able to get out and go to the, the go down to the station but if you knock on her door and get her talking she might tell you something or you know someone who's nervous and afraid they're might gonna then maybe there's some other person that's scared because they've been in trouble with the law in the past and they're scared but if you go knock on their door they might tell you something you know exactly right so hopefully the right person will get interviewed or approached or will feel compelled to come forward in this case just like we we hope that for missy's case yeah, if anybody has any information about the Donna Brown case out of Galveston that happened on August 5th, 2018 at the corner of 33rd and Avenue P, contact Michelle Sullenberger, Detective Michelle Sullenberger. Her number is 409-765-3702. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Renee. We hope that we've helped bring a little bit of awareness to Donna Brown's case, and we hope that it, you know, maybe getting it solved will bring some kind of closure, closure, closure to her family and friends. And we really appreciate you joining us for True Crime Broads. Our next episode will be about Missy Beaver's case again. We just took a break and kind of decided to cover a new unsolved case. And Renee, I hope you have a great evening. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye.
sharp. Sharp, sharp, sharp. You a little minnow, I'm a shark. Sharp. My future bright, but yours dark. Dark, dark, dark. Flexing a form, push to start. Sharp, sharp, sharp. You pull up in the Chevy, you so boring. boring. My bank heavy, pull up in a foreign. Boring. If you start to talk, see you in the morning. Boring. Please don't speak, cause I'll be snoring. Boring. Oh no, bleed those back. Skirt off the block, black, black. 12 on the clock. I paint cash. You do the math. I watch the bag. You took a tab. I cut you fast. You had a gas. Skirt off the block. 12 on the clock. I paint cash. You do the math. I watch the bag. You took a tab. I cut you fast. You had a gas.